0: And uh, Hope it's a great week for you. This is our my favorite time of the year. I want to say uh, good morning and greeting to those who are watching us online, and those at our other campus, and those who are here in our room at our Sugarloaf campus here, and those who will be watching by TV. We're really glad that you came here. I was reading the other day about a high school senior, and he went to his commencement, and he was wearing a button on his robe with the letters B A I K. Well, about halfway through the ceremony, uh classmate leaned over and he said, hey, he said, what does B-A-I-K stand for? And he says, well, it stands for boy, am I confused. And the classmate looked at him and he said, don't you know that confused starts with a C and not a K? And he said, buddy, you don't know how confused I am. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I am convinced that we're living in a world that's absolutely as confused as I've ever seen it. They're, they're total confusion. We're living in a day where People are confused on how to live. What is right? What is wrong? What's good? What's not? What is marriage? What is a family? As a matter of fact, if you Google this question, this amazed me, if you Google this question, what should I do? Just Google that question. Are you ready for this? You will get more than 64 million different answers. What should I do? 64 million different answers. Now, you really can't get that answer with a search engine to be very honest with you, but you do have other options. We're living in a day and age where there's been an explosion of so-called advice experts. If you want advice, you can find it. They, they offer guidance, you can go anywhere. They do it by live chats, There are apps to give you guidance. You can watch videos, you can watch podcasts, you can go to Facebook, you can go to YouTube. As a matter of fact, we have now entered what a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists are calling the golden age of advice. There's always, people are lined up around the block to give you advice. The problem is, that social norms, what used to be, we all kind of accepted as good and bad, right and wrong. They're now being challenged. They're now being redefined. And the problem is, there really is no one place to go to to get the right piece of advice. And there's really no one right way for a given person to act because if you were to go and if you had the time to read all 64 million pieces of advice, you'd get 64 million different answers. You'd have one person say, you ought to go here. Another person say, you ought to go there. Another person would say, you ought to do this. Another person say, no, you ought to do that. And so as I got to thinking about just how confused people are, both in the church and outside the church. I got to thinking, wouldn't it be great if you had somebody you could go to, just one person? And he wouldn't just give you a hit or miss advice. He wouldn't just tell you what the latest fad is. Wouldn't it be great if you could go to somebody and you could know Whatever this person tells me will always be the right thing to do. It will always be the right path to take. It will always be the best thing I could do for me, for my marriage, for my family, for my kids, for myself. Wouldn't it be great if you you knew you could go to someone and they're always right 100% of the time? Well, good news. There is one and only one who fits the bill. And it is that little baby that we're celebrating this week. It is the Christ of Christmas. And here's the good thing. We can not only go to him whenever we need him without an appointment, we can actually go to him and know him on a first name basis. You know, if you ever go to a doctor for the first time You never call that doctor. I guarantee you've never done this. You never call that doctor by their first name. If you've ever been to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, you'll never call that person by their first name. It's always doctor this or doctor that. If you go to school, go to a college and you meet a professor for the first time, unless he tells you, you never call him by his first name. You always call him by a a title. And yet we're gonna learn this week and next week, and we've already been talking about it. The amazing thing is, We can know the one that created this universe on a first name basis. And many years ago, God told a prophet by the name of Isaiah exactly what those names are, exactly what this Christ of Christmas ought to be called. And so, if you were with us last week, you know, and if you weren't, we're in a book called Isaiah, and we're in chapter 9, if you'd like to follow along. We're in Isaiah chapter 9, and if you don't know much about the Bible, I can help you here. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament, Old Testament first, New Testament second, and there's a book called Isaiah, and it's about almost halfway through the Bible, about two-thirds of the way through the Old Testament. We're in Isaiah chapter 9. Now, it's hard for me to believe, I got up this morning thinking, The God that just spoke and a universe came into existence. He does not want me to address him by a title. He wants me to call him by his first name. The the creator of the universe, the savior of the world said, James, I want you and me to be on a first name basis. That's why we're looking at this passage. It's 2,700 years ago that Isaiah wrote these words, and it was 2,700 years ago that Isaiah revealed four unbelievable names that have incredible meanings and incredible implication for us that totally fit this baby that was born 2,000 years ago. Now, if you were not here, let me kind of catch you up. Last week, we were talking about why this baby deserved these names, because these are awesome names. These are not just run-of-the-mill names. These are not just names you'd give just to anybody. And what we said last week was that Isaiah revealed that this baby that would be born 700 years later after he gave this prophecy, this baby that came out of Mary's womb, he said, look, he was a human child that was born of a woman, but he was also a divine son that was given by God. So Isaiah said, before I tell you who he is, let me tell you what he was. He was divinely human. He was a child that was born just like us, but he was a son that was given and he's not just like us. And so today we're going to learn he is indeed our heavenly Guide, not an ordinary run-of-the-mill guide, not a guide you pay by the hour, not a guide you pay a fee to. He is our heavenly guide. And let me tell you why this is so important. I'm, what I'm about to tell you comes from being a pastor for a long time and observing people for a long time. If you want to know what business a pastor's in, he really is in the people business. If you, if you don't, if, in fact, I was telling somebody the other day. I, well, I talk to young pastors quite a bit, and I tell young pastors there's one thing a pastor's got to have to be a good pastor you've got to have what we call emotional intelligence. You've got to have the ability to relate to people because at the end of the day, you really are in the people business. That's why you probably have heard sometimes, and I kind of cringe when I hear this, but I've heard people say about pastors, you know, he's a really good preacher, but he's not much of a pastor. He's a good teacher, but he's not much of a pastor. Well, a pastor ought to be a good pastor. And the way you do that is by simply learning how to relate to people. And so as I've watched people all of my life, and I've, I've I mean, listen, trust me, I've, I really have heard it all. I mean, I've seen it all. I mean, I, you, you, it's hard for you to bring anything to me that I'd go, wow, I've never heard that before, never seen that before, and here's what I've learned. Everybody on this planet, and I've been around the world, it doesn't matter what their educational level is, what their social status is, how much financial wealth they have, doesn't matter. Everyone on this planet needs guidance, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to burst your bubble, some of you. Nobody has it within themselves to make life work the way life ought to work on their own. Nobody. Nobody. I don't care how successful you may think you are. Let me tell you, nobody hits on all eight cylinders in every area of their life. It's impossible. You can't do it. And the truth of the matter is, we just don't have it within ourselves to make life work the way life ought to work. That's why I know people, they know how to make a business work, but they can't make a marriage work. They know how to raise revenue, but they don't know how to raise children. I've met people who, who they know how to climb the ladder to the top and they've gotten there, but they don't realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. We, 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 we just don't have it within ourselves to make life work the way life ought to work. As a matter of fact, another prophet by the name of Jeremiah said this, and he's right. He said, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. <clears throat> it is not for them to direct their steps. What Isaiah said was, Lord, here's one thing I know. By ourselves, we can't make life work the way life ought to work. We can't direct our steps. Let me tell you just one reason why. You know why you can't make your life work the way it ought to work? Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't even know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. You don't even know what's going to happen in the next two seconds. So how in the world could we really know how to make life work the way life ought to to work. That's why we all look back on our life. And here's what, here's what I know about every one of us in this room. We've all made mistakes. We've all made missteps. We've all had mishaps. We don't always get it right. And you know why we don't always get it right? Either it's because we get the wrong advice or we don't seek the right advice. We either get the wrong advice or we don't seek the right advice. And by the way, you know what's amazing to me? This is one thing that does make me shake my head. It's amazing to me to see the kind of people that people go to for advice. It's amazing to me how many people will go to the most unqualified people about their problems. For example, you're having marital problems. So why do you go talk to the lady that's been married six times? I mean, how, how's that gonna work out for you, right? Or, or, or for example, you're, 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 you need financial advice, your finances are a wreck, and you're talking to somebody that's maxed out on 14 different credit cards. Now, the guy that I'm talking about today doesn't just give advice, he gives wisdom. He gives guidance straight from heaven. You say, wait a minute, how in the world can this Counselor, this guide, how can he give me advice straight from heaven? Real easy, because he is from heaven. Listen to what Isaiah says about him now in this verse Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. We talked about that last week. He was human. To us a son is given. He was also divine. And the government will be on his shoulders. Now watch this. And he will be called, let's say these words together, wonderful counselor. Mighty God. He said, this is what I want you to call him. This is his name. He is Wonderful Counselor. He is Mighty God. Now think about that. He is not only a Wonderful Counselor who gives us godly advice. He is a God, the God, who gives us Wonderful Counselor. So he's, he, he gives us wonderful advice, godly advice. He's a wonderful counselor who gives us godly advice, but he's God who gives us wonderful counselor. And we're gonna take those two names just today, and those two names actually tell us two things that we should do and we can do with this one-of-a-kind Christmas baby that was born 2,000 years ago. Now think about it. If Jesus is wonderful counselor, if Jesus is mighty God, that tells us two things we ought to do with Jesus, not just this Christmas, but every day. You ready? Number one, we should follow Jesus as our guide. If he's wonderful counselor, we should follow Jesus as our guide. Now, let's look again at that first name, and he will be called wonderful counselor. Now, grammatically in the Hebrew language, those two words go together. He's not just wonderful, and he's not just a counselor. He actually is the wonderful counselor. So he's not just wonderful, though he is wonderful. And he's not just a counselor, though he is a counselor. He is the wonderful counselor. Every week I talk to people. Every week, it never fails. Either they come to my office, or they send me an email, or I talk to them over the phone, or they'll see me outside in the lobby when I'm here, or out and about. Every week I talk to people. I'll be in a Walmart I'll be in a Kroger's or I'll be shopping. I had this happen the other day. And a person came up to me who doesn't go to our church but recognized who I was and stopped me and wanted to talk about a problem that they have, which is okay. And every week goes by, never fails. I talk to people who they, they, they need, they either need counseling or they need to see a counselor. Matter of fact, I didn't know this. Listen, there are 552,000 mental health professionals in this country. Did you hear that? There are 500. People got problems. There are 552,000 mental health professionals in our country, and people are going to them in record numbers looking for answers to some of life's greatest problems so let me tell you why we're in such a one of the reasons we're in a big mess in our country right now in many ways and we are because we got two things going on in our country at the same time number one there's never been more counselors available than there are today and number two we've never had more people with more problems so you got two things going on we got all these mental health professionals and we got all these people with all these problems now let me stop right here I want to make something very plain I have absolutely nothing against these professionals. As a matter of fact, uh, I I may have told you this, but a few years ago, uh, Teresa and I went out to Colorado. Uh, This has been about, I don't know, six, seven years ago. We went out to Colorado and we spent a week with one of the best marriage counselors that you can find anywhere. They're, they're wonderful, godly Christian people. Uh, we found out about them because there's a lot of, not that we are, but there's a lot of high-profile Christian people that go to them. We have to find out about them, and they were highly recommended. And so we, we flew out to Colorado, and we spent a week with this counselor. You say, wow, so you had marital problems. No, we didn't. We, we didn't go out there to save our marriage. Our marriage was good. We went out there to strengthen our marriage. We went out there to make a good marriage even better. And when we came back, I remember that, that, you know, one of my sons asked me, you know, how it went. I, and I told him, when we, that week, I, even though we'd been married at that time, what, 34, 35 years. When we went out there that week, after that week was over, we learned things about each other we had never known before because they have a way of making you open up. And so she heard things from my lips she'd never heard before, not bad, just you know, normal things, things I'd gone through as a child, things I'd experienced growing up, same thing for her. I learned things about her that I'd never learned before. She learned things about me that I had never learned before. And so I, and so I just wanna give you a little, some insight, okay? I'm, I'm, ready, I'm, I'm all for going to counseling. I just told you that I think it's a good thing. Here's what I, you need to understand. Any counselor can give you advice. That's why they're out there to give you advice, okay? Any counselor can do that. And any counselor can give you their personal opinion and they'll be more than happy to do that. However, here's what you need to remember. They can be wrong. They're not infallible. They can give you bad advice. I I can't, listen, one of the things I've had to do in my ministry is help straighten out people who went to the wrong counselor and got wrong advice. Because there are counselors out there, there are people out there, they don't have a biblical perspective, they don't have a Christian worldview, and they'll actually counsel you and tell you to do exactly the opposite of what you really need to be doing. And so they, they can be wrong. But Jesus, we're told, is the wonderful counselor. Let me tell you why. The reason why he's not just a counselor, the reason why he's a wonderful counselor is he doesn't just give you human advice. uh, uh, He doesn't just give you a secular opinion. He gives you divine wisdom. He gives you heavenly guidance. He never steers you wrong. As a matter of fact, earlier in this same book, Isaiah wrote these words. He said, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel, and excellent in wisdom. Now that word excellent can also mean perfect. That is, you come to Jesus and you say, Lord, what should I do? His advice is always spot on. He's always right. It's always what is best. It will always take you down the right path. He will never steer you wrong. So here's to put it very simply, make it real easy. Whatever Jesus counsels you to do, take it to the bank. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Because see, some people can give you good advice. Some people are more qualified and can give you better advice. Other people even higher up the food chain, they can give you the best advice, but only Jesus gives you perfect advice. I have people occasionally, they'll come to me for counseling and you know what? My method's real simple. People don't realize this when they come. So I'm letting you know a dirty little secret. I've told you this before. When, when people come to me, you know what I tell people? And it doesn't matter. I, I'm never, ever concerned. I'm never anxious. I'm never worried when people come to me for counseling. I, I never think, well, gosh, what if I don't know what to tell them? Or what if I don't know what to do? Or what, I, what if I cannot help them? I've never had that happen. In all the years I've been a pastor, never. You know why? Because here's all I do. When people come in and they sit down and they tell me their problem, here's what I do. I tell them exactly what Jesus would tell them to do. That's what I tell them. So dirty a little secret. If you're coming to me for this profound wisdom, I'm just gonna go and tell you right now. I'm simply gonna tell you what Jesus would tell you to do. You know why? Because I can't solve every problem, but Jesus can. I, I can't solve every problem, but Jesus can. Can. I always lead them to the one who can solve their problem. You say, well, no, wait a minute. How do you know that Jesus can always solve my problem? I know that because of the word wonderful. He is a wonderful counselor. You know what that word wonderful literally means translated? It literally means wonder. In other words, what Isaiah really said was he's not just a a wonderful counselor. He is the wonder counselor. You've heard of Wonder Woman? He is the wonder counselor. In other words, his counsel is not just wonderful to hear. It is a wonder to behold. You know why? Because he is uniquely qualified to counsel anybody about anything because he knows us better than anybody else, including ourselves. See, I don't know. Take anybody in this room. There are people in here I've known for 32 years but I don't know you better than you know you. You know you better than you know you. There's some of you listening to me right now. I've been your pastor for over 30 years, but you don't know me better than I know me. Jesus knows you better than you know you. Jesus knows me better than I know me. And you know what else is true? He knows exactly what you're going through when you're going through it. He knows exactly how you feel when you're feeling it, and he knows exactly how to get you through it. That's why, you know, to be a true professional counselor, by the way, I don't call myself a counselor. I do counseling, I'm not a counselor. Because to be a professional counselor, you've gotta be qualified. As a matter of fact, I, you better realize this, it is against the law to advertise your services as a professional counselor, unless you've got the proper credentials and the proper training to be the counselor you say that you are. Now, you may say, but, but, but I wanna help people, and that, so do I. And you, you say, well, I'm a great listener. Okay, well, that may be true. But even though you want to help people, and even though you're a great listener, that alone doesn't qualify you to be a great counselor. But Jesus is eminently and preeminently qualified to be anybody's counselor. Because unlike any other counselor, He already knows what you need before you walk into his office. He already knows what your problem is before you tell him. He already knows what the solution is before you have even thought about it. He is the perfect counselor. And besides that, number one, his advice is true, always works. Even better, he doesn't charge by the minute or by the hour. Even better, you don't have to wait in line to see him. And you know what's even better than that? He will talk to you as long as you want him to. I mean, I'll tell you, and and, and I'm going to be real transparent here. When people come to see me for counseling, I always give them 30 minutes. You say, well, why do you do that? You know this. There are some people, if you will give them four hours, they'll tell you about their problem for four hours. I mean, they just will. Okay. I mean, I, and I, and it's not good. It's not good for them. It's not good for me. I, I love the story about there was a man up on a bridge and he was going to jump off the bridge, commit suicide. A police officer drove by and he stopped the squad car and he, he got, he said, man, don't, don't jump off that bridge. Yeah, I'm going to jump off. I said, no man, don't jump off that bridge. He said, no man, don't jump off that bridge. He said, yeah, I'm going to jump. He said, look, Let me come up there. He said, nope, you'll try to save me. He said, i give you my word. I will not try to save you. i give you my word. Just let me come up there and let me just sit with you and let me listen to your problems. He said, okay. The police officer went up there and after two hours, they both jumped off the bridge. Now, (laughs) it doesn't take four hours or or an hour for people to let me know what their problem is. It takes just a while. Here's the point. The reason why I do need some time is because I, I don't know what your problem is when you come in to see me. I don't know what precipitated the problem. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how you feel, but Jesus knows exactly how you feel. And so when you go to him, the question is, now I know you're asking this question right now. Well, if he's such a wonderful counselor and he's always got the right advice and he's got time to talk to me, I have a simple question. How do I get his counsel and where do I find his advice? I'm so glad you asked. So glad you asked. Because let me tell you three ways he gives us counsel. Now, one of them you already know if you've heard me preach any time at all. The first way he gives you counsel is right there. See that book right there? That's his advice. That's his counseling manual right there. The first way he gives you advice is the Word of God. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 verse 24, "'Your statutes are my delight, they are my counselors.'" I think, I'll tell you, it surprises so many people how many of their everyday problems they face just on a daily basis, how many problems are addressed and somehow solved in God's Word. So, the first way He gives you counsel and advice is His Word, the Word of God. The second way He does it is through the Spirit of God. Because again, Isaiah wrote this a little bit later in his book. He said, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So here's, here's, here's how this works. What's this. The spirit of God will take us to the word of God and as we read the word of God, show us in the word of God, the word we need from God to show us what we need to do. That's how it works. The Spirit of God will take us to the Word of God and show us in the Word of God, as we read the Word of God, the Word we need from God, and will tell us exactly what we need to do. So the first way he gives counsel is through the Word of God. The second way he gives counsel is through the Spirit of God. And then the third way he does it is through the people of God. So the the, the wisest man who ever lived, who was a great counselor said, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. One of the things that God does for all of us is this. He will bring godly people into your life. He'll bring, bring people that have far more wisdom than you have, and, and they will give you godly counsel. Now, before I go any further, this is important. I want you to notice, notice the order I follow this in because a lot of times we reverse it. The Word of God's first, the Spirit of God is second, and the people of God is third. Now, let me tell you why that's so important. When we are in a situation, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know which path to take. We don't know whether to go to the right or the left. You know what most of us will do? We'll either just kinda maybe almost in our mind flip a coin, or we'll just kinda make up our own mind and hope it works, or, We will talk to somebody. Maybe it's a buddy, maybe it's a friend or whatever. We'll talk to somebody. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. However, that's not the first place you ought to go. The first place you ought to go is not to a person. The first place you ought to go is to a book. That's the first place. That's the order in which you should go. Your primary counselor should be the Word of God through the Spirit of God, because the greatest counselor you'll ever have is the Son of God, and the greatest counselor you'll ever find is in the Word of God. And this counselor's advice is always true, and this counselor's advice never fails. He is the wonderful counselor. So the first thing we should do with this Christmas baby is not just sing Christmas carols to him or not just say, well, isn't that sweet that he was laid in a manger? It's greater than that. He is the guide that we should follow. And I can tell you this with 100% certainty. Tell me, any problem you've got right now that you created, any problem you've got right now and you created it, It's because you either did not seek the advice of Jesus or you didn't take the advice of Jesus. So number one, we should follow Jesus as our guide. But then number two, we should worship Jesus as our God. We should worship Jesus as our God. Jesus is the wonderful counselor, listen, because he's not just a good counselor. He's not even just a great counselor. In matter of fact, he's even more than a godly counselor. He is the God who counsels. So listen to what Isaiah says. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, and then right after that, Mighty God. Now, I have no doubt that when God revealed this to Isaiah, he did this specifically in order. He said, Isaiah, I want you to tell the people that you can call Jesus Wonderful Counselor, But right after that, I want you to link to wonderful counselor, mighty God. Now, there is little doubt about what Isaiah is telling us right there. He's saying, look, there's only one who is mighty, and that's God. And there's only one God that is God, and that's God. And there's only one mighty God, and that is the Jesus that was born 2,000 years ago. We said this last week. Jesus was, listen, this is important. Jesus was not a man who became God. That's impossible. No man can become God. Jesus was not a man who became God. Jesus was God who became a man. A human baby cannot become the divine creator, but the divine creator can become a human baby. And so for all you DC comic fans out there, let me put it to you this way, okay? Clark Kent can't become Superman but Superman can become Clark Kent. A man cannot become God, but God can become a man. And that's why he's called the mighty God. Let me tell you what that means. It simply means this. Everything that God is, Jesus is. Everything that God has, Jesus has. Everything that God can do, Jesus can do. Because he is mighty God. Now, let me explain to you why it's so important that this wonderful counselor also be mighty God. Because if Jesus was just a wonderful counselor, if that's all he was, he really couldn't help us. So what do you mean? Uh, I'm gonna tell you why. When you think about it, the history of humanity has always been about the story and the discovery of the use of power. Go back to go back to the very beginning. You can trace all of human history about power. First of all, it was manpower. And then we discovered horsepower. And then we discovered steam power. And then we discovered electric power. And now we have nuclear power. So we've always been all about power, right? What do dictators want? They want power. What do, what do people in authority want? They want power. People are always looking for and hunger for, hungry for power. And yet here's our problem. With all of this power that we have at our disposal, and there's never been a more powerful nation in the history of the planet than the United States right now. Yet with all of this power that we have at our disposal, now we've got them all. We've got Manpower. We've got electric power. We've got steam power. We've got horsepower. We've got nuclear power. And yet, with all this power that we have at our disposal, we can't even protect ourselves from a terrorist attack. We can't even protect ourselves from a stray bullet. We can't even protect ourselves from a from a a pink slip or a bad X-ray. And that's why we need both a wonderful counselor and a mighty God. Now listen, let me tell you why. If Jesus was just wonderful counselor, not mighty God, he really couldn't help us. You say, oh, I don't understand. Let me tell you why. A good counselor can tell you what to do. That's what makes him a good counselor, right? A good counselor can tell you what to do. However, no counselor can empower you to do it. A good counselor can tell you the right thing to do, but no counselor can empower you to do the right thing. A wise counselor can point you to the right door, but only a mighty God can empower you to walk through it. Jesus can not only show you in any situation, this is exactly what you need to do, However, if you will allow him, he can strengthen you to do it because he is the mighty God. Think about it. He's mighty in his presence. He's everywhere. He's mighty in his power. He can do anything. He is mighty in his perception. He knows everything. He can tell you what to do. He can give you the power to do it. He can tell you where to go, and he can give you the power to get there. Now, I'm gonna tell you why this is such a big thing to me. There's a, I've got a mark on my record. I've never shared this before. I've got a mark on my record. I've got a failure in my life. And I carry it with me all the time in my ministry. Matter of fact, it will haunt me as long as I live. I don't feel guilty about it, because it's not that I sin, I just feel badly about it. Let me tell you my, my story. In my first little church, a little country church, we ran about uh, when, I, in fact, when I got there, we ran about um, thirty-five or forty. We had explosive growth over the two years I passed. We went from forty to sixty, and you say, "Well, I, was, it, I mean, I was, they'd never grown before. I mean, it was, it was amazing." We, so think about it: we doubled by what fifty percent? Not bad, you know. When Tick Ridge, Kentucky, that's pretty good growth, okay? So I'm pastoring my first little country church, and this couple came to me and and they wanted me to perform their wedding. Now. I knew enough about weddings to know that, you know, they needed premarital counseling. But frankly, I didn't know enough to do good premarital counseling. So I ran to the bookstore and I bought this little book on premarital counseling. Okay. And, 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 I, and I read this book on premarital counseling. And, and, and I'll be honest, I mean, I did the best I could. Okay. And I'll be the first one to admit, my best wasn't very good. Okay. But I did the best that I could. You know, and I you know, but again, I'm not a counselor. And I performed their wedding. Their marriage lasted a few months. They didn't make it. Now, here's the whole story. Number one, this man had been married before, but he didn't tell me that. I didn't know it. And, And I didn't think about checking it out and had no way to it never occurred to me to check it out. And so he didn't tell me, nor did he tell the woman he was marrying that he'd been married before. So she didn't know it, I didn't know it. And then I found out later on that, that the reason why his first marriage didn't work is because he destroyed the marriage. And now I wound up destroying this one. Now, number one, if I had known about his previous marital record and then kind of delved into what happened, I, you know, I would have never done the wedding. It's not that I don't do divorce weddings. I do, and sometimes I don't. all depends on on the circumstances, but I certainly would have done that. And furthermore, had I known even known what I've known, I would not have performed the wedding unless I could have absolutely ensured that he would do exactly what I told him to do. And so from that day until now, true story, every time I do a wedding, I think about that first wedding. Every time I do a wedding, I always remember, yeah, the first one you did didn't make it. See, my counsel could only go so far for two reasons. Number one, I didn't know the whole story. I was totally ignorant of all the facts. So I, but I was not only ignorant, I was impotent to empower this man to do what he ought to do. But Jesus is not just a wonderful counselor. Jesus is the wonderful, mighty God counselor. In other words, he doesn't just point a finger and tell you what to do. After he tells you what to do, He'll take you by the hand, and he will give you the power to do what you need to do. Now, if this mighty God, think about it, if this mighty God can forgive sin, if this mighty God can defeat death, if this mighty God can overcome Satan, if this mighty God can answer prayer, and if this mighty God can take you to heaven, if you believe what I just said, raise your hand. All right, now listen to me. If that mighty God can do that, he can solve any problem you've got. He can take care of any situation that you're in. You can't bring him anything where he goes, here's your money back. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to do. There is no situation you can bring him, no problem you can bring him, no predicament you can bring him that he can't look at you and say, I know exactly what you need to do. So here's the question. If he is wonderful counselor, If he is mighty God, what's your next step? Well, number one, you better make sure that you're on a first name basis with this wonderful counselor. You better make sure that you're on a first name basis with this mighty God. There was a man by the name of John. He spent three years, almost every day, 24-7 with this Jesus. 24-7, three years he spent with him. Year after year after year after year, he spent with Jesus for three years, day after day, week after week. Years after Jesus died and came back from the dead and ascended to heaven, listen to what John said about him. John wrote this. He is the true God and eternal life. In other words, he said, he is the mighty God. He can do for you what you need to be done. And he's eternal life. He can, as a counselor, lead you to the place that you really want to go. Let me tell you what that means. If Jesus, if this man is true God, if Jesus is eternal life, if he is wonderful counselor, if he is mighty God, let me tell you what that means. It's very simple. It means if you reject God the Son, you reject God the Father. If you reject God the Son and God the Father, you reject eternal life. So, in other words, no Jesus, no God, no life. And maybe there's some right now that are listening to me. And maybe right now you you know what you need to do is you need to accept Jesus. You need to trust Jesus as your heavenly God you need to follow his advice you need to follow his counsel for the rest of your life now you may be one of those you may say I don't need to do that we're on a first name basis I've trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior I've given all of my life to him okay let's just say that is true then I'm going to ask a very hard question so you're a Christ follower you know Jesus he's your Lord he is your Savior here's my question What situation are you in right now because you have not followed his advice? What situation are you in right now because you have not followed his advice? What situation are you facing right now where you need to follow his advice? advice. I guarantee you the vast majority of you, you know, it may be a financial situation you're in. It may be a relational situation you're in. It may be an ethical situation that you're in. It may be a marital situation that you're in, but you're in a situation right now and you have messed it up because you did not follow his advice. My question is, okay, if that is true for you, where do you need to follow his advice? What advice do you need to follow? And here's my advice. My advice to you is to follow his advice. My advice to you is to follow his advice. You know, every year at Christmas, we're about to that time yet, boys and girls, where, you know, we're about to open our gifts. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the time, there's one gift we get that's a little bit disappointing. Let's just be honest about it, right? There's one gift, and you don't say anything, but you go, I didn't want that. Who would use that? I don't need that. Or, oh, you know, we wanted one thing, but we got another thing. We got something we really didn't want, or we didn't really get what we really wanted, okay? Most gifts are hits, but if you, if you experience Christmas long enough, some gifts are misses, okay? I get that. Let me tell you the great news. When you come to Jesus, you'll find that Jesus is nothing short of wonderful, my mentor, Adrian Rogers, when he would sign a letter, here's how he would sign it. God is love. Jesus is wonderful. God is love. Jesus is wonderful. You know what? You know why? I, and I've, 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 I've known him for over 50 years. Jesus is wonderful. He is wonderful in what he knows. He is wonderful in who he is. And he is wonderful in what he can do because he is our heavenly guide. Let's pray together. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, let me ask you a question.